Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. It's great to be here. I, I believe that anybody saved ought to go to this church. And everybody in Austin that's not saved needs to get to this church. Listen, she's helping me. I'm going to come over here. Y'all ain't got it yet. It's great to be here, and it's great to be with my friend that beat me in golf. I don't hold that against him because everybody beats me in golf. So that's not any big accomplishment if you play golf against me, but I'll let you brag about it. It's okay. It doesn't bother me then. It's my honor to be here tonight to talk about Jesus, the greatest friend I've ever had. You know, one of the songwriters said, Jesus is the sweetest name I know. He's just the same as his lovely name. That's the reason why I love him so. My Jesus is the sweetest name I know. After 42 years of pastoring, I uh, began to be a part of helping the people in Haiti. I just want to tell you just a few things. Probably many of these things you know, but Mission of Hope has been in Haiti since 1998. We started there with Um, educational, and church, bringing Christ to the people's hearts, to a country whose religion and who, by their own dictator, their own leadership, was told that the island and the nation of Haiti, it belongs to Satan, that witchcraft is their religion. That's what their leadership told them. But somewhere... Around this globe, somebody was praying for people in Haiti. And because of that, Christ is Lord in Haiti. Isn't that beautiful? The beautiful thing about that is one of the things in Haiti is there's no public education. Because there's no public education, everyone that gains an education goes to, church, goes to school in the church. So they're going to learn about Christ while they're learning one, two, three, and ABCs and the sciences and those types of things. We started with 200 and about 13 students. We have 7,000 students now throughout the 12 villages. We started out feeding those 213 students peanut butter paste because that's what we could find in that nation to grind up and to feed them. Now we feed 93,000 people a day a healthy meal throughout the nation of Haiti. We're very thankful for that. Those are some of our cores. We don't build churches. As pastor said, we go into a village. We find a pastor like this local church that's building up the kingdom of God, that has a heart for the kingdom of God, and we partner with them. 
and with partnering with them, then we help with their education, we help with their nutrition, we help with their medical needs, and we begin to help them as they reach their village and nation. You're just aware and very aware that recently Hurricane Matthew crossed Haiti. When it crossed Haiti, hit the southern part, which is about a nine-hour drive from where we're at in the northern part of Haiti. But we responded because God had told us to respond. That's why he sent us to that nation. Through what we had in our warehouse and the help of the U.S. government, the Coast Guard, sending helicopters there, we were able to get down to the southern part of Haiti six in one week's time. 6.5 million meals, 10,000 families were served with drinking water and hygiene, 24,000 containers of water, 4,000 aqua tabs, 920 water filters, 4,300 hygiene kits, 2,400 families were served with blankets and tarps, 1,131 patients were treated, and 118 gave their heart to Christ. We vaccinated 150 people, 8,000 pairs of Tom's shoes we were able to give away. If you're looking to buy a new pair of shoes this week, buy a pair of Tom's because they give a pair. Once you buy a pair, they give a pair to somebody in a third world country. 200 families were right now in the southern part helping rebuild their home. 30 cents purchases a meal, and the meal feeds six people in Haiti. So... As God speaks, you listen to his voice. Pastor wants to uh, join in partnership and help us in Haiti, and we're very, very grateful for that. Let's pray. God, thank you for you being in our life. We can do a lot of things, but we really don't do anything if we don't do them with you. We're glad for you, God. When we woke up this morning, your arms was around us and you were whispering in our ears, I love you. God, as we've gone through our day, whether we've been stuck in traffic, whether it's back in a classroom or whether it's been at home doing the chores that we have to do or sitting at a desk in an office or running a business, you've been saying to us, I love you. As we walked into this house and we lift our voice in praise and we've worshiped you, You've been saying, I love you. And God, as we leave this place and go about our mission field, you're going to keep saying, I love you. We're glad for God so loved the world. So God, as we hear your word tonight, help us to grow in the things of God, to leave here changed by the power of your word. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Mr. Swartz was the oldest of seven children, so he had to quit and go to work, quit school and go to work to help support his other brothers and sisters. He never learned to read, and so when he married and started a checking account, he simply signed his checks XX. Eventually, he started his own business, which immediately became very prosperous, He soon was a very rich man, and one day he got a call from his bank. Mr. Swartz said the banker, I need to ask you about a check that just came in, and we want to process it, but there's something unusual about it. 
We weren't sure you had really signed it because all these years, your checks have been signed XX. But we got this one that was signed XXX, three X's. Mr. Swartz said, oh, it's no problem. Go ahead, my friend, and process it. It's just since I've become so wealthy, I thought I needed a middle name. Teachers told the class, said, when you come back tomorrow, I, I want you to come back and we're all going to stand up and we're going to talk about the type of church we go to. And I want you to bring something that symbolizes the church that you attend. Next morning, Benjamin's the first one. He stands up and Benjamin says, I'm Jewish. On the end of this necklace is a star of David. A little girl named Mary gets up and Mary says, I'm Catholic. Now, the end of my chain is the crucifix. Tommy gets up and he said, I'm Baptist. This is a casserole. (laughs) Philippians chapter number four. Verse number four. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, come on, somebody help me here. Rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which pass all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Expectations. I want to talk for just the next few minutes about expectations. Most everyone begins any new year with some expectations. I don't know that you fit into this category in this room, but they say that the largest growing business in the United States of America in the first week of January is health clubs. Everybody wants to join one because of about November the 15th through December the 31st, some people enlarge their borders. So they want to join health clubs and they want to get back to a shape. Well, you are a shape. Pastor, my, about three years ago, one of my granddaughters came running into the house and crawled up in my lap and she said, Papa, she said, I learned about you at school today. I said, you learned about me at school? What would you learn about me, baby girl? She said, well, we were studying shapes, and when we got to the circle, and they said, that's round, I said, that's Papa." <laughs> so I don't want to disappoint the child. I don't want to have to learn a new shape, so I'm going to stay the way I am. But they say that's the largest industry that happens in the United States in the month of January. However... About March and April, most people are still paying for something that they're not using. So I didn't start, and I'm not going to start 2017 with the expectation that I'm going to join a gym and change my shape. If you did, let me tell you about some of my expectations, okay? One of them was in 2016 for the Longhorns to win the Big 12 championship. 
one of them was for the Cowboys to have won at least five games. One of them was for me to lose weight. (laughs) That didn't work. Expectations with my finances, with how that I tithe, how that I give offerings, how that I invest my money, how that I take care of my finances. Expectations for my family. I have a son that's not living for Christ yet. Hope you got the last part yet, but I'm believing for it. He is raised to know. I'm telling you, he's coming in. He's coming in. He's coming in. I have expectations for that. Expectations for life. Expectations for what God is going to do. In Luke chapter number 2, verse number 11 and 12, you might have heard this read in the month of December. For unto you... That's getting pretty personal. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe. Now, Luke wrote that unto me. Everybody everybody hold yourself and say, unto me. Unto me is born this day a Savior. I like that, don't you? But that Savior that was born was born a baby. The problem that we find in church today, too many people are keeping Jesus a baby in a manger. And he is, was born a baby, but he was born a Savior. And I tell you what, now, I like the Savior part. I, I love holding babies. I, I thank God for babies, but I sure do love my Savior. Luke goes on and says in chapter number 8, verse number, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat to go to the other side. And I have found that that's all some people want to do is just go to the other side. But while they were going to the other side, but as they sailed, the word of God said. You see, you don't have to be setting still for stuff to happen. But as they sailed, Jesus fell asleep. I I don't know about anybody in this room, but I can tell you, he's taken a nap during some of my storms. And probably you've thought that he's gone to sleep during some of your storms. And can I tell you, it's okay if he naps during your storm. Because he still can stand up and speak peace to the wind of your storm. He can still stand up and say peace to everything that's going on in your life. Because he was born a savior. He didn't stay a baby. He knew what he was when he came into this world. So he spoke to the storm, and they came to him, and they woke him, and they said, Master. You see, they had great expectations. They get in a boat with him, 
And they're going to the other side. And while they're going to the other side, the storm comes. He goes to sleep. But there's an expectation that rose up in them because they remembered that even though that he was born a baby, he's still a savior. And so that expectation rose up in him. And they didn't just go wake up a man. They went and woke up the master because they knew the master could speak to the storm. And when the master spoke to the storm, things had to change. I don't know how and I don't know when, but I know God will do it again in your life and my life. That's expectations. I've crossed paths as a pastor with many people that have been sick in their life. Some were healed and some wasn't. I don't have the answer to that. But I know that God has provision through Jesus for healing. I know that. I've got expectations for that. Because David said in Psalms 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's down inside of me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You need to grab a hold of that part right there now. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Listen to his benefits. Talks about them in verse number 3, 4, and 5. He forgives my iniquities. Mm -mm -mm. I am thankful for that. He heals my diseases. He redeems my life. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercy. He satisfies my mouth with good things. I'm going to tell you something. That's expectation. When I say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, I know what that means. I know that it's forgiveness. I know that it means healing. I know it means redemption. I know it means loving kindness. I know because I've got expectations. And we enter this year. We need to enter this year just like you've walked into this house on the first Wednesday night of January 2017. You just didn't come in here because you didn't have someplace else to go. You didn't just walk in here to get out of the cold. You come in here with expectations. You come in here saying to yourself, Self, I'm starting out the year with a thirst for God, with a hunger for God, with expectations in my life. I want to be somebody that God God has already ordained me to be. You don't have to wait for it. It's already yours. God's already put it inside of you. There's a man that wrote a song. He was thinking about expectations. He wrote a song that maybe not many in this crowd has heard. Some of us have heard the lyrics to this song, and some of us have lived the lyrics of this song. That song says, what a healing Jesus I have in him. What a healing Jesus. You see, one of the expectations that you and I can have is for healing. 
to be in our life. November of 2016, I was getting ready to fly to the nation of Haiti. Before I left to go to the airport, I had to go by the VA hospital for an exam that was a little beyond normal for me to go at that time of the year, but I'd gotten a call to come. Because in my two previous visits that year to the doctor at the VA, they had found that the white and red blood cells had been high above normal. The next time that they tested, they had gone up even more. And the third time they had tested, they had gone up even more. So they had called me in and, and had asked if they could do a CT scan. And I said, sure. I said, are you going to, where are you going to do it at? And they said, we want to do it in the lower part of your body. They did one, and as I came out, got in my car to go to the Dallas-Fort Worth airport. By the time I had driven from Oak Cliff to the Dallas airport, the doctor from the VA called, and he said, Mr. Barker, I need to tell you that we have found something in your liver and your kidney that indicates that you have cancer. I said, well, I really didn't want to hear that, but thank you for calling me. So I called my wife and told her goodbye. I didn't tell her what I had received because there was some time I needed to spend with my healer. I needed to spend with him. I didn't need to call my wife and frighten her. I didn't need to call and us have a crying party over the phone and me about to leave the country. I needed to spend some time with my healer. Because you see, I'd already experienced him in my life as my healer. I told you that everybody I've seen through my ministry, not everybody that's been sick has been healed on this earth. But everybody's been healed. So when I got to Dallas-Fort Worth Airport and went to an area that I, I go to, I got along with my healer. And I said, what a healing Jesus I find in you. What a healing Jesus you restore, you refresh, you renew. You're my healing Jesus for such a time as this. Arise on healing wings. Son of righteousness. I didn't feel any different. I didn't have things run up one side and go out the other side. There wasn't nobody doing a march and nobody doing a shout, nobody waving a hanky or nothing took place. I just claimed with great expectations what was going to take place. I went back to the doctor in December. They ran blood tests and they said, they seem to be getting normal. Do you mind if we do another CT scan? I said, no, please. They did another CT scan, and by the time I had driven from the VA hospital to our home, 
that same doctor called and said, whatever it was, I told you that to tell you this. You have got to live your life with expectations. You can't just walk through life and have a Dar's Day mentality. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. You have to live your life with expectations. You live your life with a destiny. Your destiny is Jesus. Your guide is Christ. Everything about you is surrounded by Jesus and by his love and by what he's got for you and what he has in store for you. Amen? That's how you've got to live. There was a songwriter who said, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. Then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love, and it wrote my name above. Just a little talk. Hmm, if I could sing, I would. I can't sing and I can't dance. I'm white. I just, it, they don't, it don't work. I try, but it doesn't work. But I'm telling you, folk, you need to have some talks with Jesus. (laughs) I love counseling with him. I don't do the counseling. I do the talking. He does the counseling. I say, I'm sick. He said, there's a stripe on my back for that. (laughs) I said, I messed up. That lady that was driving in the fast lane doing 55 when it says you can do 75. God, I told her what I didn't like about her. And he says, stop it. And there's forgiveness for that. Expectations. We need to live 2017 with some expectations. We need to live 2017 believing that that son, that daughter, that husband, that wife, that person that's not in the pew next to us is going to be there this year. That that financial situation that's on the bottom is going to have an upturn because we've been faithful to God in tithe and we've been faithful in offering. Your upturn will not come because of tonight's lotto. (laughs) No, it won't, brother. Now, if you win, you tithe. Because some of you, when you bought it, said you would. It's okay, y'all. Chill. (laughs) Your upturn in finances will be because you put God first. And then you become a good steward of your finances. Understanding that that shirt or that blouse that you see on sale for $12.99 the minute you put it on a credit card because you don't have 1375 to pay for it, it just went up to 20 plus dollars. That's not being a good steward. 
when you don't know how to manage money. Oh, peace seminars coming up, right? I forgot about that. You'll learn some of that, okay? Great expectations. Great expectations. All right, I'm, 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 I'm almost through. I'm almost through. It was a commercial for any of you that watches TV. It was a commercial about a dog and a bone. That commercial would come on and there would be the lyrics of a song saying trouble. It was an insurance commercial for an insurance company. And this little dog would take and he would bury a bone in a certain place. And then while he's napping, he'd get these visions of something getting his bone. So he'd run, he'd dig the bone up and he'd take it another place and he'd bury it. And, and then he'd lay down and he'd get, get visions of somebody getting his bone. He'd run and he'd dig it up and he'd go bury it. David said in Psalms 27, for in the time of trouble... He will hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. David also said in Psalms 46, God is. Not God was, but God is our refuge. God is. See, I'm talking about expectations. God is our refuge. God is our strength. He's a very present help. In the time of trouble. Dottie Rambo said it this way. Let the storms rage high. The dark clouds rise. They don't worry me. Because I'm sheltered. In the arms of God. Great expectations. I don't know your storms. I don't know your life. I don't know what you've wanted for and what you've given up on or what you're still holding on to. Could have to do with relationships. It could have to do with family. I don't know. Maybe your life spiritually seems dry. Maybe your expectation is to have something incredible take place in you. In your relationship with Christ. I don't know what they are. I don't know what you're needing from God. I don't know what you desire for God to do for you and with you. But I do know this. In order for any of that to take place, you've got to expect it to take place. As I close with this scripture. Paul said in Philippians chapter number one, being confident of this. You could take and you could put being, having expectations of this. That he who begun a good work is faithful to complete it. Now, I want to read that again because I want you to hear this and I want you to hear it good before Pastor Khan. Having expectations or being confident of this. That he, ladies and gentlemen, 
What has started in you was started by he. What has begun in you, I don't care if it's been 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago, or if it's been 5, 10, 20 minutes ago. It was started by he. And it's called a good work. Other people may look at you and say, you ain't worth a dime. You'll never amount to anything. This about you and that about you. But you remember this. He begun a good work in you. And when he starts something in you, you can have some expectations that it's going to be completed upon the day that Christ wants it to be completed. He has started a good work. Now my question for you, as pastor prepares to come, how many is living 2017 with some expectations? If you're ready to come into this year with expectations, I don't care where they fit into your life, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Pastor, I've got expectations. I've got expectations. I've got expectations. I've got expectations. I'm on a journey, this journey with you at CLC, Pastor Rex. I get expectations it's going to be the best year that we've ever experienced around here. I've got expectations God's going to anoint you with greater anointing than you've ever had in all of your ministry life. That's what you need to be praying for your pastor. You need to walk into this place, and as you walk down that aisle, you need to lay hands on every aisle, and you need to say, great expectations, great expectations. Great expectations, great expectations, great expectations. Every time you put your offering in, great expectations, great expectations. Every time you feel a pain in your body, touch that. Great expectations, great expectations, great expectations. Every time you look at somebody that slams the door and walks away, great expectations. They're coming back. Great expectations, great expectations. Great expectations. What do you expect from God this year? What do you expect from God this year? What are you expecting from God? Take your neighbor by the hand. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.